I, I try to make the best decision I can, and I relieve some of that stress by if if we mess up and if things outside of our control, if if I have to start over again, you know, tomorrow, uh, I'm not I'm not afraid to go work hard, and that yeah. that makes it that makes it a little less risky, you know, I'll figure not figure something else out, but I'm willing to go do something else and work hard to get back to where I was. Oh, yeah. And, and we started in a park. So, you know, that gives us a lot of uh, solace that we can do it again, you know? So. Yeah. Hi, this is Sean Greeley and welcome to the secrets to their fitness business success podcast, where industry leaders share their secrets, strategies, and step-by-step -step systems to turn your fitness passion into a highly profitable business. Now, after you've listened to the show, head on over to npefitness.com slash podcast to download the show notes and get access to our free e-course on how you can start and grow a profitable fitness business. You'll see however, 45,000 fitness entrepreneurs have created more profit, revenue, and happiness with their business and get instant access to our three most popular fitness business building guides. The training is 100% free and you can access it now at npefitness.com slash podcast. Now let's get on to the show. All right, coming to you from Los Angeles, this is the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Greeley, founder and CEO of NPE, and this is episode number 10, From Bootcamp in the Park to 73 Franchise Locations, How Josh Cherry and Robbie Marlowe Empower Women with Delta Life Fitness. Listen, I'm pumped to bring this interview with longtime NP clients and friends, uh, Josh and Robbie. Uh, back in 2009, uh, these guys started a boot camp at a parking lot with a few family members and friends. They had a passion for fitness and making an impact, but really didn't know where to take it. Uh, they soon reached out to NPE, worked their way through all their program levels in just a few years' time, uh, ultimately being named NP Members of the Year in 2015, while growing to 25 licensed locations across the U.S. Uh, then they had to pause. They had to actually, what happens to a lot of companies and a lot of entrepreneurs, they had to stop, they had to go back, retool, and actually uh, bring the franchise together. Uh, take, they took on some investment. And now they've grown Delta Life Fitness to become the fastest growing women's fitness franchise with over 73 locations sold in the U.S. And they're on track to hit 100 units this year, which is a feat that only 4% of franchises ever achieve. You're going to learn a lot in this episode. I'm so excited to share this with you. And I'm proud of the role that we continue to have at NP in supporting really driven entrepreneurs that are shaping the future of the fitness industry. Uh, and Josh and Robbie and their wives are absolutely in that category. Uh, make sure you download the show notes online, which are packed with more content. And if you're interested in learning more about opportunities to work with Delta Life while they still have some territories available, then head on over to deltalifefranchising.com to learn more after listening to the show. Frankly, it's a great exercise anyway to learn more about uh, how they've taken this thing to where it is today and, and what's involved in franchising and uh, opportunities that are available for you. So check it out, deltalifefranchising.com. Uh, and let's go on to the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome. We're back for another episode of Secrets to Their Success podcast. And I'm here with uh, two tremendous guys, uh, longtime friends, members of the MP community, uh, Josh Cherry, Robbie Marlowe, co-founders of Delta Life Fitness. Guys, it's great to have you on the show. Sean, what's up, man? It's good to be, it's good to be here. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us on, Sean. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's, let's uh, tell everybody a little bit about you guys and, and who you are, what you do. Um, so tell everybody about Delta, just real quickly in a nutshell what Delta Life Fitness is. Yeah, Delta Life Fitness is a boutique fitness franchise. Uh, it's built for women. We have 30-minute high-intensity interval training classes, and we have childcare. It's a place for women to train right. Awesome. And you guys are at uh, 
about 50 stores now across the US, uh, which is fantastic. Um, and we're gonna talk about that and more about the concept and the model and the opportunity uh, today. But to, to tell everybody kind of how we got to know each other, you guys are members of MP community for many years, uh, past MP members of the year. Uh, we've worked together directly on, on a lot of the things you guys have done to get to where you are. I'm pleased to, to be a part of the story, the, the story of Delta Life. Um, but let's take people back to kind of where this all began. So, uh, you know, tell us your, where you got, where things started for you with, um, really, you know, your background in the military and this crazy idea about let's do a boot camp. Yeah, we started with some, uh, 10 years ago, actually, uh, 2019. So 2009, uh, was when we started and Delta life back then was just uh, a boot camp and some parking lots, uh, me to Cub Scout moms, Robbie to a handful of uh, friends and family. I think it was five. <laughs> it was five people. Exactly. Know, really changed the community. When I started. <laughs> uh, and I was, and I had some Cub Scout moms. It was early 2009. Like you said, I was in the Marine Corps, uh, through the Marine Corps, I was going through a commissioning program in Texas A&M and I had to do a, a PTI program, which is a, uh, professional fitness trainer for the core cadets at Texas A&M. So I'd write their workouts, started telling Robbie about some of the stuff I was doing for nutrition wise and exercise. I got obsessed with it. He got obsessed with it. We started doing these uh, things in parks and parking lots in 2009. And uh, then uh, we actually went into some brick and mortar locations around the 2012 era, which is where we finally got connected with MPE not too long after that, around 13, I think, 2013, 13, 14, 2014. Yeah. Uh, kind of went at, at that point, it was more of a, it looked like a CrossFit gym, uh, mostly for women at that point, you know, we were, uh, but we had, we had the ideal consumer figured out, but we were still building workouts that Robbie and I enjoyed, you know, the, the <laughs> program looked like us. I mean, you can see today, Delta Life doesn't look anything like Robbie or I Thank thank goodness. No, yeah, no. <laughs> What's great is we just had a photo shoot and it was nothing but young ladies at all gyms on there. Yeah. There was no pictures of me and Josh on it. So I was super proud of it. Sean, you'll know that's we've come a long way. <laughs> a long way. Awesome. Uh, so I got connected with MPE around the 2014 area. I mean, and one, we're, we're also very coachable. We know we didn't come from the fitness industry. So we wanted to take you know yeah. advice from people who were doing it better than us and go implement it. So that's one thing we did when we first signed up with MPE. Uh, we dove straight into the curriculum. I mean, we went through all of the stuff. I think uh, we went through the fast track materials in about 90 days. I mean, we just went through it super fast. We uh, really worked on auto closer, got, got those cells starting to happen. Uh, and then we started, and then we were able to start being more strategic because we had the fundamentals of how the business was going. So that's when we started. That's when it got really fun. You know, when you got yeah. the fundamentals taken care of, uh, it gets really fun because then you can start thinking about strategy and how you want to change up the model, which we were starting to do at that point after having some success uh, after joining them with MPE. Um, and then came decision time because the, the, some, something that was kind of a hobby. Uh, at first, yeah, uh, we you know, were, to make vacation money and yeah, full-time jobs uh, yeah. wasn't something that we uh, thought, hey, was going to take off like it did. But but at about at about uh, just two locations, really, and implementing uh, all the stuff that we learned from MPE, we had to make a decision because it was doing a lot better than we had ever thought it would do. You know, so at that point, it became a real possibility that that could be our future. Um, we did make those decisions. I, you know, after 13 years in the Marine Corps, helicopter pilot, uh, walked away from that to go chase this dream. And I'll let Robbie tell a story about our meeting with Sean in California. That's a monumental story that I think has to be told. Uh, it, you know, we both have life-changing events. Uh, yeah, we, for when I first met Sean, we and Josh actually were sitting there talking to him about what we had going on and uh, explaining the whole situation, what we were doing and how we were doing it. And uh I was living in Texas at the time. Josh was living in Florida. He was about to go to California for flight school uh, or just finished flight school. Yep. And uh, so we were kind of just over, I, I always take it to the Marine Corps and his leadership. 
really the pool of people really was down there in Florida that was helping us grow this thing. And I was in Texas and we, me and him were doing it via the phone and trying to help grow the thing. And uh, so happened that uh, Sean heard our story and said, well, Rob, it sounds like you need to move to Florida. And uh, at the time, I mean, I had a house, my kids were in school. I, I was still working full time. Uh, we didn't have much money in the bank uh, as of uh, the headquarters part of it. You know, we weren't really making money at that time. So uh, when he says not a lot, he means none, just to clarify. Yeah, none. <laughs> so, you know, Sean told me I needed to move to Florida to, to help, you know, to, to run the thing. And I, and I agreed to it instantly, called my wife and she was like, uh, you said what? Like, yeah, no, we're going to do it. Two weeks later, I got a U-Haul and uh, we were moving across country. And two weeks later, I'm standing in front of his house, which was then in our neighborhood in Florida. So uh, the girls loved it. Sisters got to live in the same neighborhood, cousins. And I'm looking at Robbie in this U-Haul and I was like, so we're doing this. Uh, and he's like, well, I guess so. I got no choice. I'm here. <laughs> no, it's so great. It's one of my favorite stories. And I, I really want to point out, you know, it speaks to who you guys are and, and no surprise that continue to go from strength to strength is, you know, we were at a, I believe it was a pro mastermind event in San Diego. We had had, you know, you, we had had a meeting. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, you guys gave me a ride to the airport. Um, and we have this conversation in Josh's truck about this whole thing. And, and really hearing your story was, you know, I, I, you know, all I did was kind of point out a couple opportunities and, uh, but you guys said, you know, and really Robbie, you know, to his credit, just said, okay, I'm in, let's go. Uh, and, you know, to be able to, to make those decisions um, and, uh, you know, and, and go all in and commit, you know, and, and when you, when you commit, you know, you've got no choice but to make it work. You, 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 you will make it work. Right. And uh, you're willing to, to take those risks and you're willing to make those commitments to yourself and, um, you know, to your, to your company and to your, the team that, you know, depends on you. And, and, uh, and you did. And then, you know, the next chapter opened for Delta Life in, in you know, in, in North Florida. So, um, you know, quite an exciting time. So, um, so that was going on. Um, and then, you know, Josh, you were, you were kind of finished up your military career, which was, you know, they didn't want to let you go. <laughs> no, that was, that was not, that was not an easy, that was not an easy thing to overcome. Took about, uh, took about 18 months. I mean, a year and a half of me in California separated from the family, uh, Robbie, Cassie, Kristen, the rest of the headquarters team back in Florida running the thing. I was up early before going into the Marine Corps on, on Skype calls with the East coast. You know how that goes then, uh, in the Marine Corps. And, uh, so we had to get through that challenge, which was huge. Uh, 18 months later, finally, the whole headquarters team is together in Florida. You would, like you said, we've, we've risked all this. We took all these chances. We're there now. Uh, and it feels like, uh, looking back now, that feels like that was just the first of many obstacles and, and things no, because I mean, the work was, we thought we had won like, okay, now it's and really, we just wanted the chance to be, to be in the game. We wanted to be able to take a swing yeah. at it. Uh, but it was just getting started as you remember, because that very first quarterly planning we did, uh, you kind of laid out, all the things that were going to need to happen in the next year. And I, you know, if we were going to really treat this, like we had just done a tour of uh, the four or five studios there in North Florida, and we had some work to do to make this thing a replicable franchise model. Uh, we had a lot of work to do. And I remember looking at the list of the things Sean was saying yeah. we, we had to get to work on. And I remember looking at that list and thinking, there's no way I don't know how to do not one of those, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was scary, but, but that's the good thing about having a coach. They, they, they put it out there and you got to figure it out and you got to move forward. And we, you know, of course you did, you, you don't get all of those done yeah. in the next 90 days, but you get a good amount and then you get to make more decisions the next 90 days and you just keep moving the needle every 90 days. 
Yes, I love it. Well, t- let's let's go back a minute because this is really, I think, relevant to a lot of people listening to the podcast today. So, you know, we've had a lot, obviously, a lot of MP members that are successful with opening a facility and then they open, you know, a second facility, a third facility. Uh, and then they kind of reach a point where, you know, what's next? Uh, you know, some are just happy at that stage and they're, they're just really optimizing the business and it's supporting, you know, their goals. Other people want to continue to grow and they start doing licensing and then, and then some do franchising. Um, and this is kind of where you guys were at. I remember a big crossroads from this time where you were figuring out, okay, we're going to start doing licensing. And then we had a conversation really talking about franchising. And I remember I said, Hey, there's this thing called the IFA and we need to go to Texas. It was like another, another crazy time. We need to go to Texas. You need to meet me in Texas. We're going to go to this IFA convention. And, and I remember you guys were like, I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot of money to us. Then. <laughs> no, uh, I, mean, I, can, I remember looking at the bank account and thinking, okay, it's going to cost us this much money. That drains half of what we have in the bank account. Um, so, but, but I remember Robbie and I had a side phone conversation and we said then too, we said, Hey, if, if Sean's work, this guy is our coach. And if he's saying, this is what we need to look at to take us to the next level, we got to do it. You yeah. know, you got to yes. do it. Yes. Yes. And we, and, and you're right. And we went and we got to see the Alamo, which was fun. Uh, and then we, we got did. to go to, <laughs> we got to go, Alamo photos. <laughs> yeah. we, we got to go to the international franchise association uh, in San Antonio, which changed the entire trajectory for us I mean, yeah i mean and it's kind of like uh when we went to uh join mpa we get in there and we meet everybody we start talking to them we wanted to grow the gym business and the same thing we were just a license at the time and we went in there you oh, know we were like right. 17 licenses our chest for that we were proud of it and then we get in there <laughs> it and was guys, nothing to those guys <laughs> <laughs> like you're what you know and uh it just uh just the way we work and we were like okay well then next room we want to come in is this one and we want to make sure that they know who we are in this one and uh you know yeah yeah yeah, and I think that's a that is a lesson for not only to be able willing to to take big risks and, and go on and make commitments. I mean, like, and we're talking, you know, a lot of people, you know, you need to understand the context of the risk. You have like, you know, it's not just you're two single guys, but you have wives, you have kids, you have, you know, homes, you have a lot of things dependent on your financial success and performance, right? And you're taking and, and meanwhile, you're trying to navigate this crazy thing called, you know, a company that's in startup mode and, and work through some early stages. So, um, but you've been willing to make those commitments. Even right then, I, I remember that time on that call when we talked about going to IFA and it was, you know, if you're going to drain, drain your working capital and we got to, we got to eat, you know, we got to keep things going, but you've been willing to, to take those scary steps um, and make those commitments to yourself and to your dream. Um, and, you know, that is a common trait among the most successful entrepreneurs and the people we work with all the time. Um, and I'd love to just talk about that for a minute. How would you speak to that? How, what helps you, you know, and, and, and a lot of people think, by the way, that, oh, and this gets easier when you grow <laughs> and there's no more fear and there's no more risk. And, you know, as you said, there's just the next chapter, right? So, uh, but how, how have you continued to navigate, if you think back on the journey of where you got to today and each of those steps we talked about, and then even today, how do you navigate these steps around, you know, facing the fear uh, and taking those risks and figuring it out? Man, it's, a, it's such a good question. Uh, I, I know it's a couple of things for me personally. For, for me personally, one, it has gotten easier just the, the, more, the more you get, because you realize how many of them are either fatal or the home run. Very few of the decisions you make are either going to completely kill you or completely hit the home run for you. So you just get better at making the best decision you can. We have a really good, <clears throat> we have a really good system. We follow the entrepreneurial operating system from Gino Wickman. So 
the things that used to get us in trouble by not seeing what other things it's going to affect, we process those decisions at our level 10 meetings. So that, that relieves a lot of that risk. Uh, but I don't know. I uh, also think that, uh, what do you think? It's a, it's a hard question because in the beginning, I think we were so willing to risk it all, Sean, because like you said, we walked away from so much. So like yeah. we, 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 we weren't willing to walk away from that much to, you know, just have one or two gyms. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we felt like, I mean, him moving from Texas and me walking away from the Marine Corps, uh, we wanted to do something big. Like we wanted to have that big impact in the beginning. And like you said, we burned all the ships. So we had to, but we continue, like you said, we've continued to do that. Yeah. Uh, and also communication with our spouses. I mean, we are in it with our wife. So them having hundred percent buy-in helped out a lot. Um, and then, you know, like I said, it is a tough question to ask, but. And then like I said on a, a podcast earlier this year, or, you know, Dr. John Berardi said it, he came to an MPE thing and he said, remember he said he keeps the picture of the manager of that coffee place. Starbucks. Up in, uh, well, it was the Starbucks equivalent for Canada, whatever that was, the cup of Joe, I think. Tim, Tim, or Tim Hortons or something. Tim, yeah. Remember. And he yeah. said he keeps that up because he's like, I'm always going to do my best to grow precision nutrition. I'm going to do everything I can to grow precision nutrition, but there's things outside of my control. So I'm not going to stress over those. And if I mess up and it all goes away, I'm a pretty smart guy and I'll work hard. I'll go manage one of those. Like, and he just kept that up to remind him. And so I still got a hard head hanging in my office. <laughs> yeah, now, so. yeah. I do. I, I keep that in mind too. Right. Like, you know, cause I used to, you weigh the stress of all these decisions. Is this going to work out? Because like you said, especially when it's all these families, depending on these decisions that have to be made, but I don't know. I, I try to make the best decision I can. And I relieve some of that stress by, if, if we mess up and if things outside of our control, if, if I have to start over again, you know, tomorrow, uh, I'm not, I'm not afraid to go work hard. And yeah. that, that makes it, that makes it a little less risky, you know, I'll figure, not figure something else out, but I'm willing to go do something else and work hard to get back to where I was. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we started in a park. So, you know, that gives us a lot of uh, solace that we could do it again, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I started with no resources. So, you know, you know how to be scrappy and, and, and you've proven, you know, get it done. So, uh, awesome. So, um, so talk about, yeah. And I, the other point I want to talk about was um, each of these steps, joining NP and going from, you know, you know, just in your own silo, you know, with your world to going to the NP community and seeing lots of bigger businesses and things that, you know, now give you a, a room to grow in. Um, yes. And then very much with, you know, then uh, taking you to the IFA and going to the IFA and, you know, again, you know, walking and thinking, you know, we've got it figured out and realizing um, the... <laughs> dumbest person in the room right now <laughs> and I've got a lot, a lot to learn and grow, which then inspired, you know, to keep, keep growing. And, and, and I think, you know, it's so often as you know, you hear me say all the time, you know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to be in a room that's going to force you to grow and be in the environment that's going to force you to grow and being surrounded with other entrepreneurs that are ahead of where you are today. They're going to inspire you and push you and bring out the best in you. Um, and uh, uh, talk about how, how that's, you know, what that's meant to you, I guess, along this journey and how, uh, you've, you know, I know you've actively sought that out in many ways. Yeah. It's, I mean, <clears throat> it's been everything for us. I mean, like you said, early on in MP, just finding other gym operators, maybe ones that were using MP that were close to us or I established like our, our long-term marketing guy, C Cody Bishop. I met him through uh, the MP community, that Facebook group, you know, just being able to bounce things off. And, and two, like the thing that's so good about coaching or hearing it from somebody else is that you don't have to second guess it so much. If, you know, if the coach is telling you and four other people in the community are saying, Hey man, I implemented this auto closer thing and my staff is killing sales. 
you don't have to sit and spend precious brain energy wondering what should I do for sales? No. Hey, coach said it. These three guys are doing it. Let's just get on auto closer and let's go. And then you can use your brain energy for something else. Uh, but we had a lot of fun people on our group too that were, you know, like you said, we're doing some cool things. I mean, we're still really good friends yeah, with friendships. the pages and the fetters. I mean, these are people that are building big companies and cool companies and you like to stay in touch with those people. It's just, it's so nice to be able to get on a phone and just talk through what you're dealing with and how they're dealing with it. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's always been Josh's strong suit and one of his um, strengths. And I was lucky enough that it, it was his strength. I wasn't too strong at that. I probably wouldn't have sought that out early on, but he did and forced me to do it. And over the years, you know, I look forward to going into groups and talking through. So, you know, Sean, I know you, I know you've talked about it. I mean, you've always put, surrounded yourself with business owners that are doing well. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's really a key to, you know, if you're not in an environment where you're being challenged, you're not in the right environment. So uh, you've got to continue to invest in that um, for sure. Um, so I, I love to also explore, I think it's so relevant, you know, early on so much of your journey and the, and the work we did a lot together at MP was around, you know, sales, marketing, um, customer acquisition, um, business strategy, figuring out, you know, a lot of those pieces. And then, you know, you grew up to, I remember it was like, I don't know, 25, 30 licensees and really had to take this step in the company where we had to go be willing to, to go backwards, to go forwards. Um, and going backwards to take a step forward is really, really difficult um, in business because not only it like kills your ego, <laughs> but you have to, you know, you have to be willing to just kill your, kill your baby, right. And start over in some ways, uh, with your model. Uh, but also, um, you, you know, financially you're, you, you take steps backwards through that journey and you have to be willing to, 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 you know, to imagine a, a bigger future and, and really go back to the core of the customer experience, the model, the user experience, you know, the, the, all the things that, you know, again, really, really refined for Delta life. And I know that was a big part of the journey for you guys moving from Florida to Texas. Um, and um, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think a lot of, we get people, you know, who come through the MP programs and are at that place where they're looking to continue to grow and um, you know, and they could, they could have success, you know, with where they're at today and kind of maintain, but it's not easy to make that decision. Okay. To go really, you know, two, three, four, five steps forward. I willing to go backwards. Um, and how did you work through that? Or how, you know, what advice would you have for others working through that? Uh, again, there's no way we would have done it. And, and, and Sean, you, you know us and you know our personality. There's no way we would have done it outside of just being surrounded with the right people and, and the coaches and the mentors mm -hmm. <clears throat> that didn't let us. Cause you're, cause you're right. And it was hard. I mean, it was really hard on us. Uh, ego wise, it was hard on us financial wise, the move, the stress. I mean, it, it pressure tested everything, right? Because like you said, I mean, 2015, we're on top of the world. Licenses going great. We're signing massive license agreements for the first time ever. Uh, you know, we MPE client of the year, 15. Okay, we we go to try to transition this thing into a franchise and we learn like, if we're going to do that. You've got to shut off all revenue basically because you can't sell all licenses sales. anymore. So yeah. you got to cut off all new sales and revenue and spend hundreds of thousands in new legal fee, of which we did just what you did. We laughed because we were like, where, where am I going to get that? Yeah. Plus Lynette, a franchise consultant, came in and gave us a laundry list of things and told us we had to move to a bigger city, a hub, and start over basically and build a replicable model and then go from there. And that was terrifying. You know, when you look at that list and 
if, if it hadn't have been for the, but that was absolutely now, you know, it's obvious to us that's the right stuff because you fast forward, we do have the right type of model. We have the replicable model. They're doing amazing. We have these major fitness industry investors flying in now. Our valuation at the headquarters levels go higher than yeah. it's ever been. However, you go back to 2015, we would have done what some of the other boot camp style franchises did back then, and we would have just sold. 500 600 licenses that would have opened and closed you know it would have closed as fast yeah. as they opened it wouldn't have been a replicable model the valuation of the company wouldn't have been worth very much right uh so it, it it's easy to see now for us that it was the right decision uh but we were we're like anybody else we we want to think about growth and we never i don't think we would have ever wanted to say out loud we're going to take the next two years to do worse than we've ever done right <laughs> uh but we had those coaches and important people telling us you if you really want to do this right and, and have a big impact on the world, you've got to do it this way. And had they not been, had it not been for those people telling us that, I don't think we could have, we would have just kept doing with what we knew made money. You know, I yeah. mean, I think that's the, I think that's, it's not a sexy answer, but I think it's, I think it's a fair answer. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that is also a key hallmark of what makes the most successful people the most successful is you're willing to, you know, burn yourself down and start over. Um, and that's a brutal transformation on the inside and on the outside. Um, and that really separates, are you for real or do you just you know, want to look like you're successful um, yep. and, and look oh, good yeah. on the outside? So, um, you know, you guys are willing to, to, to take the hard steps um, and the painful steps that mean pain for a couple of years to then, you know, have a great 10 beyond it. So, um, Let's talk about that because that um, really some of the lessons learned on the model and the optimization of the model and site selection and, you know, should we be a warehouse? Should we be a retail space? You know, where do we put it? What does it look like? What's the square footage? How do we optimize, you know, workspace and flow? How do we make it so 50 of these are going to look the same and work well? Um, you know, that was a huge part of, of growth and learning the last, you know, last few years. Uh, so um, take people through, you know, how you, how you work through that. What were the, some of the big lessons and takeaways? And there's and there's so many things and I think without a process of process that's the number one right that you yeah. have to have a process for how you look at those and, and process those issues and talk with the leadership team you have to uh, that's and we evolved there a lot of times it was me and Josh making a decision we would we would <laughs> see it instantly we would go try to push it down everybody's throats and we realized that didn't work and not see what other if you don't let your team challenge you first, you're gonna have to answer for it eventually when it hits the market <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so if you don't let your team push back and answer and work through those but everything you just said Sean and here's the thing that we're getting a lot of props for right now with the people that are that understand the industry when they come in they're asking us these site selection questions we are very good at saying where it should be what it should look like how it should feel in the studio and all of that is because we know who we serve. I mean, and, and you know this, the, the vendors that we've been able to align with that are great vendors, um, the franchisees that we bring in, the site selection process we go through for knowing where we want to go to, it all comes down to we know who we serve. That's, you know, we tell people all the time, because people will we'll get with a new broker in a new Chicago and she'll say, well, I assume you guys want to be as close to an orange theory as possible. Well, maybe. Uh, the orange theories that are out in the suburbs by the grocery stores and the elementary schools by the moms, it, those, yes, the ones that are on the downtown district, those aren't really our consumers. We, we serve the moms and we know that. So we want to be out where mom is. Uh, and, and so every decision we have is based off who do we serve and how do we serve them? And, 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 and when we say Delta Life Fitness is a place for women to train right, 
We serve women 30 minute classes in childcare. If it doesn't have to do with, if it can't be put into one of those buckets, we don't do it anymore. And that makes our yeah. decision processing a lot better. You know, it may, it makes it easier for us to find partners, vendors, everything starts with knowing who that target consumer is for us. Yeah. Um, and, and let's, uh, uh, let's, let's break that down a little further because, um, you know, you've gone and, you know, some of the catch up we were doing just before this recording, really, uh, the last few years, you know, you've made this so simple for you guys to continue to grow the company efficiently, which is also, I think a big part of why you're sitting, you know, right now, the, the best place you've been right in years, uh, you know, we're celebrating, you know, your, your best year ever financially, right. For the company last year, um, we've got, you know, double growth projected next year when we had three years of that consistently, but now it's going to be the fun stuff. That's like, you know, really given some, some growth to the, to the company and to, to everybody that's involved. Um, let's break that down a little bit. So, um, you today, you're a small HQ team. Um, and instead of trying to, you know, have a hundred employees, uh, you've gotten really smart about, um, aligning with, as you said, the right vendors, the right outsources. And I think that's also, uh, a big key to success, especially right now in the day and age we are, is so many people try to do everything themselves um, at every step. You know, I think, oh, we just got to hire more labor and we got to, we got to figure it out. We got to control everything. Um, but actually that is not the most efficient strategy. And so uh, talk about how you've had to, you, you've made that adjustment from really, you know, growing a big in-house team to really having a leaner in-house team, efficient in-house team, but having the right partners for different areas of the company that support, you know, your growth. Robbie gets credit for that one. I mean, it all starts with hitting a ceiling. When you hit a ceiling, you know, when you're feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, or overworked, you're hitting a ceiling. So you got to go look at why did we hit this ceiling? Yeah. And in my head, it was just we were understaffed. And I, I was kind of starting to stress and vent to Robbie a lot about, hey, we're, you know, we've hit this ceiling. And I thought it was, we're never going to be able to catch back up to this demand. We're understaffed. And he kept saying, you know, he, he kept saying, let's look at this. There's other ways to fix breaking through a ceiling. Maybe there's some good outsourcing. He kept saying that over and over again. Maybe we can stay small and lean and let's look at it. And then hey, you want to talk about like what led you to think that? Well, what led me to think about it is just, and I hate to say it, but controlling calls. So how do we, how do we run lean? We have the best year ever. So how do we spend that money on growth and then run lean internally? And so we started looking out, started looking at vendors and what these vendors can do. And this vendor, Say, for example, we have a real estate vendor that goes out and finds all the real estate. She has data. She puts it together for us. She does that better than anybody I could bring in-house. Her and her, her, <laughs> her, and her 15 person team, by the way. Exactly. That's what they yeah. do. We pay her. It's the cost of one employee to us and they give us the, uh, the ability for five, five, six employees in-house. Uh, and when you start doing that at scale, it has opened up a lot of opportunities for us. So instead of spending money on employees, training time, taking away our leadership team from doing what we need to do, we got to go down and train. We can just, you know, it just, it just made more sense to where we were at as a business than trying to bring five, six employees on. And Sean, like you said, we're just getting better at our strategy because when we start, when we start talking about things, even inside the model, you know, we, we know we want to be the best play. We want to be the best 30 minute workout in the world for women. That's what we want to do. So if we start thinking about, adding in Zumba classes or dance classes or bringing in nutrition. It doesn't make sense with us. Like we want to stay on our core competency, our core focus. We'll out, we'll find the right partner to outsource those pieces yeah. to, but we're going to build the best 30 minute workout for women. And now we're getting more clear because when you're running a franchise, you remember the painting with the twist ladies told us this at the international franchise association conference, you're running two different businesses. Mm -hmm. And it took us a long time to understand that there's the business of the business. And then there's the business of franchising and they are completely, 
completely separate. So kind of the same way we said, well, how do we measure what we're going to spend time on when we're building the brand? You know, do we focus on nutrition or the classes? We've also established nothing on the front end of this franchising process we were experts in prior to oh, coming yeah. in here. We like having the vision and controlling the brand aspect, but for all the things on the front end, site selection, construction management, there's, it just makes so much sense to us. It, it, it was good for us to cut our teeth on it and understand it because now when we bring these vendors on, we know what to expect. I know how much a price to build a Delta Life should be because I built five or six of them. I had to learn that process with the franchisee, but now I'm very... I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm not an expert at it. These guys are, but it allowed me to understand everything that needs to happen. I can talk on Intelligy. I can actually lead that team and know what we're getting is actually a great product. So it, it, it has its benefits of going in there and cutting your teeth on it, but definitely I'm glad we're outsourcing it. Here's a, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, there's, there's some great things to talk about in there. So what, what are some of the key areas you've, you've, you know, how do you decide the cures that you've chosen to outsource and what are what's some advice you give to other people out there that feel overwhelmed, like you're saying, and like, you know, haven't, are trying to control all themselves. We, we look at it every quarter as a leadership team and we, and we throw it up there. You know, we start off every quarterly planning, what's going well, what's not going well. So when we start looking at, you know, and you, you also, I mean, I know we'd all love to just be able to bring on every employee that we need or outsource every weak point, but you know, we're, we're, we're running a business and we've been through lean times just like everybody's going to be watching this. So we understand you got to match what are our biggest needs this mm -hmm. quarter and, and predictably the next quarter and how do we match that with the resources we have. And sometimes we get that right and sometimes we get it wrong, but we just relook at that every quarter with the entire leadership team. What's the best one we can outsource this quarter? And we also base it on the capacity of the team here. We wanted to make one more hire this quarter than we did, but we knew our team capacity wouldn't have the ability to onboard that person. So we'll have to put that till next quarter. So we just, we just look at it strategically as a team every quarter. Yeah. And we started looking down the pipeline, realizing how many stores we were going to open. That's why we started putting on the front end. We knew, Hey, we got a lot of these area developers, a lot of stores coming in, a lot of big guys coming in that we want to make sure they get a good product. And right now where I was at in the, in the process was the cog. So how do I unclog that? Well, let me go outsource what I can that brings me up so I can lead the vendors and lead the team and lead the process, but get myself from being the clog that's in it because I'm slow and don't, uh, and learning on the job type stuff. And yeah. that's the, that's the better answer. It's whichever alligator is closest to the boat. And you don't know that unless you take a operational pause every 90 days and rethink about, you know, what, it, what did we put into place? What's worked and what hasn't? Cause you're right. I mean, two quarters before that it was franchise sales. How do we get more franchise yep. sales? Okay. So we fixed that in that quarter. Now it's, we made all these sales. We got all these area developers. How are we going to support that many site selections and that many construction projects? So it's just, I think the need of the business changed and it changes you to look at what's the closest alligator to the boat. Yeah. And, and you're just reinforcing, you know, something we preach all the time. We continue more and more of is the, the doing the work to do the quarterly reflection, quarterly planning and being disciplined about that. Not saying, Oh, we're too busy or I think we know what we're doing. We'll just, we got, we got a lot of stuff to focus on and we'll just keep going and figure this out. And then we'll do planning again later, you know, yep. just being always, you know, be able to pause the game, whatever, wherever the score is, pause the game, reset and reprioritize um, and the discipline of that. Now you go through, you know, five years of, you know, of consistency and 90 day cycles, well, you're going to, you're going to have a great output, right? Those are, you know, that's 20 cycles. If you're not learning to get better in 20 cycles, you're, you really shouldn't even be in business, right? So, um, yeah. this is so, so much that, that forces you to grow when you take the time to follow the, the discipline of the process and the strategy, strategic planning.
No, I think about last quarterly planning. We were so busy. We were so behind. We did not want to go. No, it could have been easily, hey, we were so busy. But honestly, I think last quarterly planning, we had the biggest breakthroughs. We yeah. brought on these vendors. We, we really sped the process up. We're going to take our uh, franchise build-out process from 12 months to eight months, uh, hopefully in the next two quarters. If we do that, that means royalties come in faster. That's going to speed everything up. So, uh, no, it, it's definitely – you have to stop and, and every 90 days. I, I fear everybody listening is going to glance over this part and it scares me because we, we t- you know, w- when we think a lot about what's got us here, it's really as simple as that. We're not <laughs> the smartest guys in the room, like, it's, but we have every 90 days we have stopped and looked at what's the most important things to work on. And I, and, and I get it. Everybody's listening. Everything you just said, Sean, about why people don't, I get it. Almost every time it comes around, even knowing how important it is, we still almost do the same thing. Like, no, we're too busy. We got enough work to do we can just keep going and then every time we make ourselves take the whole day out with the whole team it just gets us back on the right track yeah, it gets everybody on the same page it's so important it gets buy-in for everything we're trying to do we understand where everybody's big priorities are because a lot of times uh you know i'm trying to me and josh are both trying to see the whole business as a whole but the person that's in the seat that's running that thing really knows it in depth so if we take 90 days let them hey these are the biggest issues we have okay we can just discuss and talk about it man, it just, uh, it changes the way the business goes. And I'll tell you, as a leader, it's going to relieve a lot of pressure because if not, you're always thinking of everything that you think has to be done every night and you're going to bed every night with a million things on your head instead of knowing, like, I don't have to, I don't have to worry or stress about those things anymore. And even when I start, Robbie will calm me back down and say, Josh, we addressed that at quarterly planning. we got a good plan. Stick to the plan. We'll talk about it again next quarterly planning. Oh yeah, that's right. And, and, <laughs> and then I calm back down. Yeah. And, and really hold accountable <laughs> to what the team feels important and make sure that you communicate with the team. The problems, especially early on in our, um, our EOS coach right now, uh, me and Josh will have sidebar conversation. We'll make decisions and we weren't communicating that with the team. And uh, it was created a lot of confusion. And every time we did it, we get our hands slapped. And now, you know, it's, I caught myself uh, two weeks ago, me and Josh were saying something. We're about to make a decision. I said, Nope, we need to bring it up at the level 10. We need to talk to the whole team about it, get them behind it. And, uh, and so it's just practicing things like that that makes you a better leader, makes you a better communicator. Um, and then on that issue, when we brought it up to the whole team, Cassie mentioned something that both of us had missed and would have cost us pretty big. It would have cost me big at work and at home. So, <laughs> uh, I'm glad we caught it. That's key. That's key. So, so you've done a tremendous job right now where you're at, you know, with finding the biggest bottleneck. Uh, and removing it for that quarter to then, you know, remove the constraint, right? To then allow continued growth through the system and more output. Um, and I think the other p- part you mentioned is allowed you to keep the focus on the core. And for you, the core is the va- the vision and the brand. Um, and talk about what that means. What does that really mean? And what does that look like for you where you keep your focus and how you do that? Yeah, a, a good list of books you gave us early on, Sean, uh, from Jim Collins, Good to Great, Chapter 5. He talks about the hedgehog concept, you know, be that hedgehog and why he's so effective because he's good at that one thing. You know, the fox has got a million different things he can do. But And then uh, Robbie always references uh, Jack Welch, I believe, uh, who said, if you know, if you can't be number one in the world at it, uh, you know, don't go for that. So that we, we literally, when we build our, you know, our purpose and our niche and, and our core focus for what we do, almost every decision we do now, it's just, we go back to that and we say, is that, is that our core thing? And if it's not, we don't, we don't spend yeah. a lot of time looking at it. I love talking to everybody when they always ask, why do y'all just do fitness? And we talk about, we don't do nutrition. Um, you know, precision nutrition is better than that than, than we can be. But if we put all of our resources in being the best, you know, place for women to train, right. Then we can, we can actually accomplish that. And uh, so, 
So this, this is, I want to just strive further here because this is also a key point early on. And, and we see later people that are, you know, I got five different business models, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to get rich at all of them. <laughs> and uh, frankly, none of them are working effectively. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, seeing business opportunity, right. Uh, and ways to serve people. And yeah, we can make money, but not seeing the opportunity cost. And that is the biggest threat is the opportunity cost. So, uh, you know, that's really what we're talking about, but I don't think people truly understand. So if you could speak to that, that'd be great. Well, in the, in the way, and it also, you know, we're also careful, you know, we used to not be so, but now we are careful to kind of give us advice because it's different for everybody and what their business model is, right? So I don't want anybody to hear what we're saying and say, you shouldn't do nutrition. If nutrition makes sense in your model, by all means, yeah, no, for us, what I mean by that is, uh, just like you just said, especially on scale, if you want to accomplish, uh, if you want to produce predictable revenue, you need simple systems to be able to follow to hit those, right? And, and you need to be able to get people trained up and be able to deliver on it. So for us in our model, a lot of times when people come out with 10 or 12 different revenue streams, and then you're going to try and systematize that and base, uh, base your scripting because everything in my opinion the entire customer life cycle is based on that product you know and this is something you taught us very early on the person that's willing to pay 120 uh for my group for my for toning towards delta life classes that's a different avatar than my lady that wants to pay 500 a month for personal training not saying i can't serve both but until i've Matt, until I really understand one, have built some predictable ad copy to get them in the door, a predictable sales system to convert them, some scripts to get them to show up to their appointment, some cancellation prevention. Until I'm tracking that and I've maximized that revenue stream, I'm not sure I should move on to the next. So that's with our franchisees. I would, until we're at max capacity in our tone and torch class, which that's our main revenue stream, I don't want you tending the freezer and putting the prepared meals in and sending those out. We can make more money by having that sales associate execute on her calls and set more appointments for, because I already know, we already have that system set. Set the appointment, she's gonna come in, she's gonna go through our sales process, boom. That's our, that's our best way to make revenue. So until they've mastered that, I don't want them focused on non-revenue or a different revenue stream that then takes up 30% of the time and we make a couple hundred bucks a week on it. You know, it's just the wrong effort displayed there from the payroll. Oh yeah. Awesome. So I, I want to, I know we're running out of time here and thank you guys for so much for, you know, catching up here with everybody. I think they're going to get a lot of just hearing how you talk and hearing how you speak about business and Hopefully they're inspired to keep, you know, going down the path that you guys have the past, you know, 10 years and congratulations, 10 years now. It's, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And the story is, you know, in many ways, just getting started, you know, the best 10 years are, are just beginning. Right. So, um, and, uh, it's going to be exciting to watch that, but, uh, tell people, you know, that are excited about inspired by, you know, your mission, your purpose, um, really where things are heading in the years ahead and how they can learn more about Delta life. And if they have an interest in, you know, becoming a franchisee. Yeah. And, and Robin, and our open books, I mean, Sean, you know that anybody that's listening, I mean, anybody wants, well, our social media links will be there. So if you want to hit us up on LinkedIn, send a message to us. Uh, we're, you know, anybody that wants any advice there, you can go to deltalifefitness.com. You can go to uh, deltalifefitnessfranchising.com or on the Delta Life Fitness webpage, there's an on a studio tab. If you have questions about any franchise model out there, if you're looking to get into franchising, Robin, and I have learned that a lot. We're the MPE community is near and dear to our hearts. So if yeah, you have no, any absolutely. questions about any of that, uh, reach out to us. My email, Josh at deltalifefitness.com. Mine's Robbie, R O B B with a Y, Y at deltalifefitness.com. Awesome. And yeah, tell people what's coming up in the years ahead. 
Yeah, so next year we're getting over that mag- the, the mythical 100 units, and that's a big, that's a big mark in franchising because uh, only about 4% of franchises ever hit that 100-unit uh, mark of being open and developed. So yeah. we're excited to hit that next year. Uh, we've got some really big, strong partners coming on next year, so we're starting development. We've, we're already in, in uh, eight states currently, and then we'll be, we've got some good developments going in Denver and the Tampa area, the Miami area. Uh, the Ohio area, Cincinnati, yep. Dayton area. So we've got a lot of big development coming across the country. And we all, we have a guy in Germany right now negotiating our first European deal. So uh, we'll be looking at, we'll be looking at some international expansion at some point, uh, whether it's 2020 or beyond, but yeah. Awesome. Well guys, thank you so much for being here. Excited for everybody to, you know, listen to this interview as soon as we get it out. Uh, and Please, uh, for my recommendation, um, get to know Rob, uh, Josh and Robbie. Go check them out on social. Say hi. Uh, they are tremendous people who give back to MB community every day. And uh, guys, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to catch up with you today. Sean, thanks. It's yeah, fun. thanks, Sean. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success podcast with me, Sean Greeley. If you like the show, then head on over to npefitness.com slash podcast to download the show notes, subscribe, and enter to win over 25,000 in free prizes we're giving away to celebrate the launch of the show. Be well, and we'll see you in the next episode.